Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here getting ready to record episode number 68. It's our new year, 2021, our first edition. Excited to get on to the new year. Want to talk about our sponsors first. Clean it up, FP, clean it up.com. It's a communication tool we want you to use to make sure that you can uh, solve all your communication challenges. We also want to talk to you about Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier with strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the Southeast. Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Nexair product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Nexair. They'll take care of all your needs. And also, we want to talk to you about Patreon.com. Please support Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep. Go to Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. All three different levels of support will be explained to you there. Um, Coach Don and I would really appreciate your help if you can. Uh, We have a really good group of patrons that have come on board and helped us. Uh, But if you are in a position where you can help us financially, we would really appreciate it. It's uh, important to us that we try to keep Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep free. And the best way for that to happen is for our patrons to support us. Thank you very much to everyone who is a patron. And if you're in a position, please help us if you can. So, Don, utilizing your assistant coaches, creating a staff, and then doing a good job with it. Nice. No, I think that's uh, all, the, all the championship teams are really successful teams or just teams that have the most fun are, the, I think, the ones that are uh, organized well. And, um, and it always starts at the top. Whoever's running the, the program or running the team or the head coach is the one that gets a chance to kind of find out what everybody's comfortable and capable of doing and then, uh, you know, cutting them free to do their part so right. that it takes a load off that, uh, you know, off the lead person. Yeah, well, one of the things that's always challenging, and I think that uh, something that all coaches need to be thinking about is putting together a coaching staff is a really key piece to building a successful team and uh, making sure that uh, you do a good job as a head coach of using those people's strengths seeing what those strengths are and taking advantage of them, but then also making sure that you've got enough confidence that you can let them loose and let them do what they're supposed to be good at and let them do what they're, what they're there to do. I think one of the traps that a lot of us fall into as head coaches, especially uh, early on, is that we kind of have this feeling like we have to have our hands in everything. If we're not involved in every yeah. single thing that happens, that somehow something's not going to get done as well as we want it to or not get done um, to our standards. And I think that um, as we get older, as we get a little bit more experienced, hopefully we start to gain the confidence that we don't necessarily have to have our hands on everything to still see it get done well. Well, I think if there's certain things and um, you know ideas or concepts or philosophies that that we feel strongly about, that that's something that we can share with others that they can implement right. and that they can take care of because there's only so much that we can do. Well, one of the things that I've uh, really been excited to see is over the course of the you know different discussions that we've had between everything fast pitch and coach prep we've got some listeners that are really dedicated uh, and and gaining a lot of knowledge and and uh, benefit from our experiences and the things that we've talked about and the one thing that I've found to be really encouraging is to hear back from some of these coaches talking about incorporating some of our ideas incorporating some of our theories 
and then also being able to take some of the knowledge that we're sharing from mistakes that we might have made or things that we would do differently now if we had a chance to do things differently. And one of the things that uh, for me was really challenging, when I first started coaching, I was at practice a lot by myself. You know, my wife Terry and I coached together, but when I first started coaching at UW Parkside, Terry wasn't able to be at practice every day. Sure. And because of that, meant that I was the only coach at practice a lot. And it was difficult then for me to go from being the only coach at practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to then allowing her to you know, to take the reins with the stuff that she was good at that, you know, the two or three days in a row that she would be there and then to switch gears back to me being there uh, by myself and then, you know, kind of flipping back and forth. And over time, I think I got better at it, but it was something that I really struggled with at the beginning because I got so used to being involved in everything that the idea of not being directly involved was really challenging, almost threatening. (laughs) Right. A little bit scary. Oh yeah, definitely scary. No, I know. And, uh, Again, when, when others you know, have responsibilities and things in the good of the whole, I think that they feel some ownership and pride in it. And, and when that kind of thing happens, then they even work harder. Right. You know? So that's kind of fun, too. So, so job number one for a head coach is to organize your staff, to delegate the responsibilities. I believe it's best if different people have different places that they're responsible, different things that they're in charge of, for lack of a better way of saying it. So that, as you said, Don, everybody has some ownership. They have some some feelings of connection to what they're doing. And then also some, more reason to be invested. If I know it's my job to work with the hitters, I'm going to spend a lot more time focusing on prepping hitting and, planning and prepping and, and thinking about yeah. what each player needs to work on and having a list of things that each player needs to address, much more so than if I go to practice thinking, well, I'm going to just help out today. So today you're going to be with the outfielders. Right. Tomorrow you're going to be with the yeah. Yeah, and and the yeah. idea that uh, not that that's bad, but it could be better. right. Yeah. Well, or if you're going to do it that way, so first choice to me would be you know Don, you're the hitting coach. Stan, you're the pitching coach. You know Ernie, you're the infield coach. Freddie, you're the outfield coach. But if my choice is that each day we're all going to do something different, that's okay too. But it shouldn't be the morning we show up to practice. You know, 15 minutes before we hit the field, it should be, okay, so this week, Don, you were the hitting coach, but next week, I think it'd be great. Would you work with the outfielders and we'll let Stan work with the hitters next week? Right. So you've got some time to kind of get your mind right, get yourself prepared to be thinking about, or if it's a school ball situation, well, Don, tomorrow I want you to work with the outfielders and I'm going to work with the hitters so that we can both be prepared thinking about what we're going to work on Sure. so that we're both ready for the day. I think one of the things that uh, by having a plan in place where, where people are, are assigned duties, where they know they have responsibilities, it allows us to make sure that we're covering all the bases and also that we're not missing anything. No, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, in that regard, things can be a lot more thoroughly uh, worked on when you're not having to be at all places at all times. Right. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, the first thing we want to do is make sure that we're delegating responsibilities. And then the second thing is we've got to then give that coach that we're assigning a a certain area, a certain responsibility, the space to show us and to uh, develop their own style or their own way of a routine and teaching what it is that we're asking them to do. If I say, Don, I want you to work with the outfielders today. And then the very first thing you're doing, I don't think I like, 
And I come stomping out there and like, well, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? What are you doing with this other thing? Then I think we're going to have a real problem. No, that's one of those deals, Tori, where you, you, you let that practice ride, in my opinion. You let that practice ride, and then later, after everybody's gone or privately, then we talk about what I think might be helpful for the group. Right. And again, you know I'm going to sugarcoat it. So Yeah, you're going to make it nice. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to be nice. That's an important point. I think if I'm a head coach, and the players see me questioning you, see me undermining you, it's see me doubting done. you, yeah. then the chances of those players having any faith in what that assistant coach ever says again the next time, right. is going to be non-existent. And so, um, so the second part of that delegation is, one, having faith, giving them some space, allowing them for the fact that they might make a mistake at some point in time. They might do something that, uh, after it's all said and done, you didn't really like it that way, or you want it to be done differently. That doesn't mean that you should be sending that message while it's happening. But as you mentioned, you know, after practice is over, say, oh, Don, you know, I saw you teaching them to drop step and, you know, you had them doing the handstand before they did the drop step. Right. I'm not, you know, explain to me why, why the handstand. And if you're, if you've got a really good explanation and if I still think it's wrong, then as the the head coach, I'm going to say, well, next time let's get rid of the handstand before the drop step. Try a somersault next time. Right. I like somersaults. Or whatever it is. And most that, of the time, they'd be happy to do it. Right. Yeah. But if, if I come up there, I can't believe that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. What are you doing with my outfielders? And then there's no chance. Well, one, you might quit that day. You might never come back. Put the blocker um, up. Well, yeah. But uh, I know for sure we're not going to have any kind of meaningful conversation. We're not going to have any kind of discussion that might lead to us gaining something. Teasing about the handstand or teasing about yeah, the somersault. Yeah. But, but I do a drill with the catchers where I have them do a somersault as they go into the drill just to get them so totally off balance that they've got to you know, kind of get Shake reorganized get and, and get ready to go again. So it's sort of like you know, something crazy could happen in the game. If I'm doing that drill because I'm trying to disorient you a little bit so you can refocus, but the only thing I see is, you know, he's got those kids doing somersaults. What rolling the heck's wrong around. with that guy? Why are they rolling around? Right. And yeah. so sometimes I think that's where you have to have that ability to give that coach a little bit of room you know, a little bit of, of standing. So the, sure. the handstand before you drop step might be because I want to see how quickly you can get back on your feet and get moving. Well, okay, but are we going to handstand in a game? Of course not. But right. if that's, you know, if we're doing it as a way to make a drill accomplish something, sometimes we've got to just take a step back and give it some room. Have some leeway. Right. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that we have to, you know, make sure that we're delegating, then we have to make sure we give them some room if we have questions, we need to ask questions. We don't need to accuse. We don't need to... Um, and away uh, from the kids. Right. And it always has to be away from the team. That's where you have your little staff meetings. That's where you have your little discussions. And now sometimes those can be contentious. You know, I've had a couple over the years. We had, we had a day one time where I had to sit around the dinner table with, a, with our assistant coaches and admit that I thought we as coaches cost our team a chance to win that day. Right. Well, and, and it's not easy. And I, I felt like I was part of that discussion. But of course... Other coaches took it like, well, you think it's my fault we lost? Well, yeah, kind of. Sometimes we got to kind of think we're all in it. I think we're all, I think it. we're all responsible for it. But yeah, I think it's our fault as coaches that we lost today. And you know that was not an easy meeting. That was you know one of those that really did you know ruffle some feathers. But you know it's just part of the the obligation. So to me, it's it's important that we use our assistant coaches well. We assign them duties. We delegate responsibilities. We give them room to coach. We give them room to work. And most importantly, we don't undermine them. We don't second-guess them in front of the team. 
Absolutely. And they're going to grow too as coaches and we're all going to grow together. Right. But now having said that, I also think it's okay as a head coach for you to have some absolutes that you really believe in. If you really believe in something, that's okay for you to hold Imp- your ground. You know, and per- perfect yeah. example. You know, we've talked a lot about the stop saying don't. Right. That coaching with a negative you know, perspective, coaching kids by what we want them to stop doing is not going to be productive. And one of the listeners that is one of our regulars had mentioned to me that uh, one of the assistant coaches on his team refused to make that change. It's like, I'm going to coach the way I want to coach. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. And so, so it was not, too bad. We're, we're and, not compatible at right. this and point, so, so, the, yeah. so the assistant coach had to leave because the assistant coach would not make that adjustment because yeah. the head coach has decided in his mind in listening to our discussions and the stuff that we've talked about that saying don't drop your hands or don't step in the bucket or don't miss the cutoff or whatever is it's bad in, coaching it's impactful yeah is yeah. is is negative coaching and yeah. so um so it's okay to have those kinds of beliefs if you, if and if, if i'm as a head coach i say don I need you to work on this. I need you to make this change. We're, we're, I want you to stop saying don't. We, not going to do it, Tori. Not th- doing it. Then I say, well, Don, if you can't make that adjustment, then I can't have you on the staff. What? And if that's you know your choice, you know I, I respect that. If that's what you really believe, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I believe that you're wrong, but that's your you know your decision to make. But you can't be on my team if you can't make this adjustment. I'm in the stands. So that's your choice. Yeah. But it's okay to be as a head coach to be that person that has to make those decisions too. That's the hard one. Right. You got to do it. Yeah. And and again, because you can't have as a head coach, assistant coaches that are also undermining you. You know, we right. talked about you can't undermine your assistants, but you can't have the assistant coaches that are like, well, I'm not in charge, but if I was, well, I'm not the head coach, but if I was. That kind of stuff is bad, bad news for the success on any team. Planting the wrong seeds there. Absolutely. So coaches, put together a staff, delegate your responsibilities, come up with jobs for everybody. At the end of the day, head coach, you are responsible. I was laughing the other day because the Jets had a, a game on TV where they blew it at the end and the defensive coordinator got fired, but the head coach really knew what was going on. <laughs> like, okay, so... Somebody had to get fired, and the head coach wanted to keep his job. So, but anyhow, it's he did it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you knew what he was doing. But that's you know, so that's a whole other story. But you're in charge, so you got to take take that responsibility on your shoulders. Um, that's going to wrap up episode number sixty eight of Coach Prep for Coach Don and Stan Lewis, our producer. This is Coach Tory in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Yeah.